Hi, I'm Roxanne, and I've been reporting everything Real Housewives and Bravo TV for the past 15 years, and now with my cousin Chantel. Hey, Roxanne. We're breaking down episodes and sharing exclusive content with your favorite and not-so-favorite Bravo TV stars. Listen to All About TRH wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Emily, and I have been watching Bravo TV as a form of self-care for over a decade. Needless to say, I'm a complete mess. Subscribe and follow along for painfully insightful recaps about Bravo, true crime, and other great TV. Oh, hi. I don't want to. That's not how I want. Hello. Nope. That's weird, too. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. I am Emily. And today we are talking about Southern Charm. Was it me or was it a slightly boring episode? Yeah, it was. It was a slightly boring episode, but that's okay. They can't all be fun. There was still some, there were still some good gems in there, but it, uh, it wasn't the most amazing. But before we get into the actual recap, I want to read the interview that Caleb, a.k.a. Catherine's now ex, he did an interview with, forgive me, I actually didn't save who the outlet was with. Um, And so they ask about like the breakup, what happened? And this is Caleb. And he said it started off good. But she wasn't telling me what what she was going through. She was telling me she was going through like court cases and stuff where her kids and custody battles were involved. She wasn't telling me about her relationships with the cast. I was just coming in blind, helping her. And then it kind of just all fell on me. And when I would express my feelings to her, her reaction was more like, oh, you're a grown ass man. You should be able to handle it. Caleb had high hopes that the show would bring him and Catherine closer, but he added that he was naive since he had never been on a reality show before. He said Catherine warned him, duh, but Caleb admits he didn't listen. Quote, I was like, maybe this will bring us together because I've never been on a show before. And she's telling me it's going to break us up. I was like, no, no, we're going to grow closer but it broke us apart. I didn't feel like whatever I had to do mattered too much to her because of what all she was going through. She didn't have the headspace to really think about what the hell I was going through. And I can't really fault her for that. But I mean, it just came to a point where we just had to break it off. Every time we would film, it'd just be an argument. It was getting petty. So we were just like, you know what? We should just break this off. And then as for showing any future relationships on reality television, Caleb has only one condition that the two are married. He revealed that he believes producers try and manipulate couples into relationship turmoil for storylines. Fine. But get that. Get ready. He thinks they wouldn't touch a couple's marriage. Quote, I would if I was married. I feel like with reality shows and the producers, if you're not married, then any little thing, they'll try to break you up. But if you're married, then you have such a strong bond. I don't think the producers or any of that would actually come after that. 
Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just, I just wanted to put that in your ear before I go into this recap because it's, you know, when he says he didn't know what was going on with the cast, hmm. I just feel like that's something he could have looked into, you know? I feel like that's an easy one. That's a fun thing to do. Go watch a TV show. Even maybe just watch the reunion if you don't want to watch the whole thing. Like, take a look at the reunion, get an idea. Since you're about to sign a contract saying you're going to be on this TV show, maybe see who you've hitched your wagon to because you're going to be going in as her boyfriend. So, like, make sure, A, you know who you're dating because it seemed to me like, like, so she admitted to she was dating Caleb in during last season because she tells Shep she's dating a black guy. Like she kind of like whispers it to him when they go out for lunch one day last season in the midst of all this. So I wonder if it was sort of like a mismatch. You know, sometimes that works like you're like, we're we're hanging out. It sort of doesn't totally make sense. Um but it works. The sex was probably really good. And you turn a relationship into something you turn, you make a relationship out of something you shouldn't. So, okay, let's bear all that in mind. I also love that he thinks um, a reality show lays off marriages. (laughs) This guy really signed a contract to go on a reality show with maybe he's he may be pretending but I don't I feel like he is genuinely he does has he never watched a reality show because has okay so we're gonna we're gonna go into the episode now because bear that in mind when we get to when we get to their part um Again, Naomi is narrating. And uh, if you were here last week, you know how I feel about that. She has no business being the narrator. You don't leave and come back and be the narrator. I don't need to hear from her with her boring voice. Anyway, so Shep and Pringle go to that bar slash dog park thing that he went that Shep went to. Shep went there with, uh, what's her name? What was her name? Andy? Oh my God, what was her name? I, I know her name. You know who I'm talking about. Um, She was on the show and she was fighting with Catherine. Oh my God, I'm blanking. I feel so stupid. I speak Bravo. Um, Oh, it'll come to me. Danny. Jesus, that was so embarrassing. I got so close. I was like dyslexic with the letters. Anywho, that's not even that important because... Pringle's like, so how'd the conversation with um, Craig go? And and Shep's interpretation of that conversation is not necessarily what happened. He's like, you know, Craig admitted that uh, he's got to foster his friendships better. I'm like, I don't really think he did. But I mean, editing, but I just real that wasn't the vibe I got from that conversation. I got that he was mad at you for things. So I don't. Okay. But then he tells us about Taylor's pregnancy scare. 
And he doesn't have a yearning for kids, which is fine. And then he says, and I quote, the more it becomes a talking point, the more I disengage. Things are great. Why screw with something that's going well? I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. So you see, that's fine. I think that's completely acceptable. Um, I'm actually like team Shep when it comes to being this open and honest about how non-committal he is. I almost feel like when he got with Taylor, it was a bit of a um, uh, what's the move? I'm what's got him really blanking on words today, like a PR move. Not really, but you know, he got in so much trouble when he was making fun of that homeless woman with the cans. And it was like damage control kind of like, see, in a way I can, I would say I can tell he loves her, but I kind of, I don't want to be that bold, but I don't really, I could tell he loved her last season because she was easygoing. And again, you build a relationship on being the girl that doesn't care. You don't get to change the rules on that guy. Um, and what you do, if you're going to be that girl like Taylor is, then you, when you realize, okay, actually I would like to now find the person that's going to eventually marry me and have kids with me. Then you just dump Shep, not dump maybe, but have a conversation like, look, now it's time for me to find that guy. And Shep would be like, okay, guarantee it. But I don't think Shep wants to be the one to say, let's break up. I'm real. I'm like figuring this out as I'm saying it. Okay. Moving on for now. Craig calls Paige from his car and she's just obsessed with him. And someone asked me the other day, if I think Craig and Paige are going to be successful or are going to have a successful relationship. Well, I need some water. Hold on. my answer to that is I think they already are because relationships, there are different kinds of relationships. And so I'm sure they mean like, are they going to be together forever? And I'm like, that isn't, I don't have a concept of that. I think that's a crazy concept. And so I think they already are successful, even though they're not my favorite, but she really likes him somehow. And he loves her. They mean, they love each other. So they are currently successful. So Craig is telling Paige about Austin and what he did to Naomi. And like how he told Naomi, like Craig was like, ew, gross. I hooked up with Naomi. Like, I can't wait to get out of here. And obviously that's just disgusting. And so Paige is like, you have to talk to him. You have to communicate. Here's my question. Since when is, you know what, actually, I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this for when we get to the scene with the boys. Okay. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. I'll be BRB to this point. For now, let's go to the, okay. Taylor meets up with Marcy Shep's cousin for baby clothes shopping. Marcy seems 
terrified of cameras. I'm, I said it last week. I'll say it again. Is she okay? I swear this woman really, really wanted to not be pregnant. I don't think she's pumped about this. I think she's like, God damn it. I was hoping to have like one sexy season on this show and maybe next season be the mom. But but she explains because, you know, Taylor's talking about how they had the pregnancy scare and how that didn't go great and that Shep is not interested in talking about commitment and marriage and stuff. And Marcy in her confessionals like, look, in this family, no one gets divorced. <sighs> That's a big ass statement. Like, whoa. Right. That's a big statement. Like no one in the family gets divorced. Ooh, that's dark. Ooh, think of all those bad marriages. Oh God, it's so. Ooh, I just want to know more about it. But I'm sure we never. I'm sure it's like that's that kind of stuff we were. Ta- I talked about it with Lauren last week. That um, I already forgot the name of the country club, but the like the elite club that no one knows about that we couldn't even we couldn't even get past like the opening homepage of the website of the club. Cause it's like, this is a secret society. That's just like how I imagine Shep's family. So Shep is like, I, I don't, but to be fair, hold on, actually, let me backtrack a little bit here. Technically marriage, like divorce shouldn't be this common in marriages. We've gotten so used to divorce because we've needed to normalize it because too many people rush to get married that we're like, no, no, you can get divorced. Please, God, get divorced because you're in a horrible relationship. But to be fair, marriage is technically the rest of your life, which is why I find it absurd that people rush to get married. So I find I, if you're new here, my stance on marriage is it is bizarre that people are like in a hurry to get married. I'm like, do you even know what that means for the rest of your life? Okay. So anyway, Taylor, but okay. Taylor is showing signs that she knows she's going to have to leave, but You know, it isn't as easy as it seems to like you grow and develop feelings and suddenly you have to just literally hit breaks and back out of the relationship. That's not that easy. So she does say something like, if we make it that long and Marcy's like, oh, shit. okay." so she knows. She knows, but it's it isn't that easy which is kind of why it's like when you know from the beginning that that person is not going to want what you want, it takes a very strong person to know this is just for fun. But I don't know if she knew that deep down. I think she thought she could change him, which is, hey, I've done it. Been there, done it. Easiest, easiest thing to do. Oh, been there, done that. All right. Moving on to Vanita and Madison meeting for lunch. And so they're going to have a joint birthday at one of Madison's clients house. Um, But let's first, most importantly, talk about the lobster deviled eggs that they ordered and fries. Top notch order. Top notch order. 
Okay. Meeting a girlfriend and getting dev- lobster deviled eggs and French fries. And they're, I know they're drinking cocktails. I don't drink. So I would get like a mocktail. Great order. But we talk about Brett. Now, here's the deal. I don't believe she's going to include any of her relationship on the show. And this is when I say it is unfortunately then time for us to say goodbye. If you're not, because that's the rule. If you're not going to include your whole life on the show, it's like what Lala was doing with Rand all those years that aged well. Um, It's you can't do it. It's not fair because everyone else is going to be showing their relationship. And that's technically the quote, ugliest side of our lives, you know? So it's not really fair. Vanita, we find out isn't dating because she has got a guard up like you wouldn't believe because, and I wish we found out more of this conversation or more of this story. She found out her ex was cheating on her via a DM. Ooh. I just want to know more about that. Was it a DM from the other girl? It must have been, right? Oh, God, that makes my stomach hurt. Ugh. So they talk about the Olivia moment, and Madison sort of scolds her, like, you don't need to be jumping in on Naomi. She's like, Naomi speaks five languages. She doesn't need you to come in. Madison does have a fantastic accent, doesn't she? It's a good one. But Vanita and Vanita's like, I know I maybe talked a little shit about Vanita and how I didn't love her. I take everything back that I've ever said. I like her a lot. Although I am afraid to say things like that now because it's become a curse where once I say something like good, like when I was like, I love Mauricio. He is the best house husband of all time. We know what happened after that. Okay. So in case you missed it, um, Mauricio is dead to me. And if you don't know why, well, if you don't know why, then you probably don't like Bravo. So, I mean, I don't have time to explain all that, but, um, anyway, love Vanita. And then we get this scene with Olivia and her house with her mom. And I, I wish I could be more excited about Olivia because she's new and I like to give new people a chance, but I am not I'm like, okay, our parents are married 35 years. All right. And her mom, I, I don't like when parents say things like, you got to find someone just like your daddy. I'm like, okay, that's gross. Um, but then she does say that Austin invited her over to Netflix and chill. And she's like, you can put in some more effort. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, anyone that's going to treat Austin kind of shitty is, is a okay in my book. But we'll see how long that lasts. You know, it's sort of like when you first start, when, when someone's pursuing you and you're trying to get them to do more for you, uh, at first you can be sort of sexy about it, but then eventually you kind of run out of steam and just sort of give in. So we'll see how long it lasts. And she does say this one line that's kind of, that's kind of good. She says, I'm not done with Naomi and Benita. I'm a, I was just thrown off by it. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you that good line. Well done. 
Uh, and then this heartwarming scene with Whitney taking Miss Pat to the store. I'm also surprised that they just haven't got a new butler. I don't know if this is just for the show that they're pretending like it's Whitney. Um, but it, I'm like, you must have a new butler. But they talk about, a, I mean, I don't even know I can talk about it again. They talk about how they miss Michael and how uh, Whitney's dad unexpectedly died from leukemia. He was only sick for, he was only sick for like three weeks and then he died. Uh, but Whitney is vegan and Patricia's talking about all the things he cooks. And she says, yeah, I miss Michael and I want bacon. So they go through the little Mart vegetable market and it's cute and sweet. And as she's getting in the backseat of the car, she's like, I'm going to open the bottle. Um, but it's the bottle of champagne and it's warm. And Whitney says, God forbid you have warm champagne. And honestly, yes. Okay. God forbid warm champagne's disgusting and it explodes and goes everywhere. So it's actually unacceptable. All right. That's not just Patricia being a diva. That's just facts. All right. Now the scene with Craig and Austin. So here's the question I have. Since when is Craig afraid to talk about his feelings? I feel like Craig's narrative this whole time has always been Craig wants to be the one that like gets things out on the table. And he's the one like helping everyone come together and share their feelings and and like, who's this new guy that keeps everything to himself and doesn't, I feel, here's my theory. I feel like similar to the men on Vanderpump rules, I feel like he's worried about what else Austin could say if they have a conversation. Cause you know, like when Jax decided to bust out, like, well, Schwartz had sex with a girl in Vegas, stuff like that. Austin could do similarly, you know? But with this, this scene is cinematic. They're on a bench overlooking the water, these two. And Austin is like, you know, I feel like I'm a major champion of you. So it doesn't make sense to me why you think I'm trying to tear you down. And Craig's like, well, remember when you tried to bust me about the whole Naomi thing with Paige? And Austin's like, yeah, okay, that wasn't cool. You're right. You're right, dude. That wasn't cool. It's like, Austin, you know, you did that. So it would be, it'd be better if you just like skip to that instead of being like, I don't understand like why you could ever think bro, that I'm like in any way, not your champion, skip that part and be like, okay, I owe you an apology for the thing I did with Paige and Naomi. Cause here's the deal. I was feeling really left out that you didn't tell me about Naomi and I threw it in your face. And so that's why I did that. And uh, yeah, hold on, wait, hold on. The timeline of this is weird. I thought that Austin found out about Craig and Naomi at Catherine's 30th birthday party. But then didn't Craig say that Austin tried to throw it in his face in front of Paige when they were fighting. When, to, uh, let me review footage. 
I'm going to circle back to this. Keep an eye on my TikTok and my Instagram because that I need to put together the timeline of that because when they have the conversation outside with Shep, Austin and Craig, Austin's like, you're a good liar, dude. You're a good liar. Uh, And Pringles already, I thought Pringle had already gone over to sewing down South and talked to him. Okay. I'm going to circle back. I don't want to get facts wrong. I'm I shall investigate further. Okay. Because that's, that's not adding up. Um, and so Austin's reasoning, Austin's reasoning for all of this is that, you know, when, when you were single, like you want to hang out all the time and they do a really great montage flashback, you know, of them being bros. And then when you find a girlfriend, you bail. And I have a feeling that they could say the exact same thing for Austin with like Madison. So Austin literally gets choked up. I believe that's what he, that's what happens in his confessional. Cause he goes like, <gasps> excuse me. I swear that's what happened. So, uh, but they agreed to uh, be cool. And Craig says, just don't do anything to sabotage my relationship. And Austin's like, all right. And I feel like this was their bro language of like, I know that there are a lot of other things that we could maybe bust out on each other, but let's from here on out. Got it. Cool. Moving on. Catherine calls Caleb's mom, Debbie. And she's very close with Debbie, which is how she met Caleb. So here's my theory. She's close with, so she, she's hanging out with Chelsea, which is a man and Chelsea's girlfriend. They're all a clique. They're all friends. And Debbie is, I guess that would be Chelsea's aunt. And she's just like a maternal figure. Catherine really connects with her. And throughout hanging out with all them. She meets Caleb and is like, wow, this guy's really cool too. And sweet. And Caleb seems like one of those guys that's like really shy, like at the party, he's like the shy, quiet guy, you know, like he's like, like when they're all out, he's kind of cool and, you know, but he hasn't been home in five days. Really? That's a lot. Uh, And I have to say, I don't think Debbie really gave any advice. Like her advice, she, she, but Catherine hangs up the phone and she's like, I'm so glad I called. She always makes me feel better. But then I was like, what did she even really tell you to do? Make a dinner? I don't, whatever. Okay. Shep's house for the barbecue. Okay. Okay. So Shep is trying again to have a barbecue, but why did this man have tuna sitting in his fridge for five days knowing he was going to have a barbecue? It stressed me out because when he opened it and smelled it, he was like, let's get rid of this. I was like, so then what are you going to barbecue? I, I needed I needed the follow-up. What was the solution if they're not going to use the tuna? What, what else were you cooking? I'm sure they were going to cook other things, but still. 
So everyone's arriving and Craig gets there last and he like comes upstairs. He's like, oh my God, okay. Oh my God, to Shep. He's like, Madison is engaged and she's about to announce it on Amazon Live. <laughs> uh, and they're, and Craig is pretty convinced that Austin's going to be upset as Austin should be. That's, that's, that's a feel that's a big deal. But uh, Shep is so self-centered. He's like, I don't care. Shep literally is like, he'll be fine because I also don't care. Like, whatever. So later, Shep is telling Caleb and Austin about Taylor's pregnancy scare. And this leads into the conversation about like what they want in their future. I am going to break this scene down like clip for clip. Okay. Because it just, it got to me. Okay. So he's not wrong for wanting like a light commitment. He's not wrong at all for being like, I'm not sure what I want, but as soon as, so here, hold on, let me, That's fair. It is fair that he's saying like, you know, we didn't have fun together. We didn't, we didn't, you know, see fun things, but then here's the part that's bad. Years I hear about all the time. Yeah. We dated for five years and then we broke up because we didn't want the same things or whatever. You don't want the same things. I don't that, I don't know that. <laughs> okay. This is the part that's bad. What he's describing is a relationship that thought maybe they could end up at the same place, but then five years into it, they're like, we really are just not on the same page. We really are just unfortunately at a fork in the road and we're about to split. So he's talking about that like it's a healthy thing. Like he's talking about that like like it's a like it's like he's talking about relationships that break up in 5 years because they just want different things like it's a good thing. As if that's like a a type of relationship that one could aspire to. I hear about it all the time. These great relationships, you know, they get to 5 year point and they're like, "Hey, we just want different things." That's only that only works as a healthy relationship when it's like we really didn't know we'd get to this point. You are saying you don't want the same things now. But then as soon as that comes out of Austin's mouth, he goes, well, I don't know. Maybe I do. That's what's shitty. It, you've got to be willing to let her go, because right now she's saying. What if I got pregnant? What would you do? And you're like. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well, no, it could have literally happened this time. Okay, let's continue. Um, I said I didn't believe in monogamy. And that's the thing that she's going to have to figure out. She's going to have to figure it out. Well, we're both going to have to figure out. Your goals and like life aspirations, I think, are just way... They're a moving target. They're a moving target. I don't know what I want. I said I didn't believe in monogamy. That is so... That is the epitome of stringing someone along there. Instead of just saying, I know I don't want this. This is what I don't want ever, ever, ever. 
he says, they're a moving target. Keep coming and chasing me. Keep trying to find me. Huh? I'm going to keep moving around. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, let's see what this one is. I'm happy. And I don't discount that. Oh, yeah. Almost two years and I'm happy. And I don't discount that. But- he, he's the epitome of selfish because he always, whenever these conversations happen, um, he does it on Watch What Happens Live too. He always points out that he's happy. That the point of the conversation is how does Taylor feel? Do you not? Okay, he doesn't care. Uh, but then he always throws this list line in. Hold on, let me get it going. You know how much running around I did for seven, seven years, and I couldn't find anybody that I could tolerate. Girls like her are not easy to find. And I know that. My life is really good, and she's a big, big part of that. You know how you know, he likes he likes to say things that this is called, you know, that ear candy. It's sweet in the ears. It feels good to hear it. You're like, oh, girls like me are hard to find. And OK, thanks. That doesn't mean anything. You're clearly not special enough to care about your long term goals, your wants, your needs, etc. So. Taylor, unfortunately, is hitting a point where because she's had clearly like no needs. She's asked for none of them. So uh, she now is like, well, hold on. I might have some needs. And he's like, oh, really? Okay. like, well, like, what do you what are they? Stop. I don't want to hear about them. No, I like you. No, no. I, well, maybe I want to hear about him. And then it's just this constant game. So she's at the point where it's in her face. There's no other way. <laughs> like, I get he's dangling it, but it, it's at this point, it's on her. Because on Watch What Happens Live, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I don't know. I have no concept of time. If you're new here, I have no concept of time. Um, he said that uh, they have had a conversation. I'm going to see if I can pull the clip up. They've had a conversation. Um, oh, I can't find the clip. Oh, got it. It's the most serious discussion you two have had about your future. It was, it occurred about a month ago. And? And we are, as unfortunately, sometimes it's not sexy and uh, and romantic to actually plan out your future. Yes, yes. But um, it's smart. And right. so that's how I'm approaching it. Okay. So, uh, and you are monogamous. Yes. But, and yes, I'm, I'm saying, uh, by the way, no, I'm not, I didn't butt that. The butt was, I said, you, you have every reason to say no, maybe, you know, because I can be a lot to swallow. And yes. so, um, we kind of laugh about that, but I think she's on board. <laughs> You're saying that you had to get her on board with being monogamous. No, in the relationship? no, no I'm talking about a future. Okay. Well, future I don't tell you about monogamy like in your relationship. Oh, yeah. So he has to get her on board with um, his future ideas. So they've gone nowhere. They've literally stayed in the exact same place. His future ideas are that he doesn't know. He might want it. Most likely not, but he might. So it's just up to you now, Taylor. It's just up to you. He won't. No offense. He won't be heartbroken. He'll be a little lonely, but he'll figure that out real quick. So, okay, so there's that. 
All right. Now they're eating and playing cornhole and Amazon and Madison's Amazon live happens. And it is savage. She's like, I'm engaged. Um, I think it's ridiculously fast. I don't believe that anyone should get engaged this fast. I don't care any type of backlash I get in the comments. I don't care about when you know, you know. Marriage is something that you should value and you should be, you should have no idea if you could be with someone for the rest of your life within even a year. And so it's too soon. But anyway, one of the questions she's asked from people like commenting is, you know, have you heard, has any ex congratulated you? And her answer is, well, the ex that means the most to me is my son's father, and he's very happy for us. And that's the only ex who matters to me. And Austin says something like, oh, my God, I feel sorry for this man who's tied to Medusa the rest of his life. You know, some people are meant to be exes, and these two are. (laughs) These two make great exes. They're good at the insults back and forth. Contentious exes, I'm telling you, wonderful. But then we move on to Caleb and he because he's like, how was that whole stepdad role for you? And Austin's like, well, you know, I didn't have to do much, but sometimes I would help with like, you know, homework and stuff like that. And Caleb's like, yeah. Caleb has just said he just said he seems like he's not saying everything. Uh, He's like, yeah, you know, Catherine wants me to, you know, help out with the kids and stuff. But like I work on the weekends and that's when she has the kids. So. um, And Craig's like, yeah, she's actually a little concerned that if she were to get more custody or, you know, that you're that you'd bail. And Caleb's like, yeah, no, it'd be better if she had more custody. She's a good mom. Uh, but yeah, my mom says I should fix it. You know, it weighs on my heart. I, I don't, I'm just confused by the whole scene. I'm like, it, what weighs on your heart? You're not, you haven't been home for five days. What weighs on your heart that you're not home that you don't. I, so then cut to him showing up Catherine's cooking. What looks delicious. This meal looked outstanding. Um, but when he walks in, he does the thing that I, oh, oh, he knows he's been gone for five days. He knows it. And he walks in and he goes, I'm back. How are you doing? Like he knows, he knows cameras are up. And then he goes, what you cooking? And it's so passive aggressive to do that. But I feel like he is just not really emotionally mature enough to be in a relationship with someone like Catherine. Catherine is very complex, has a lot going on, and I don't think he has ever had a relationship that's maybe this volatile. She's used to a lot of volatility. Hello. She's still in a custody battle with Thomas. Her relationship with Thomas was very volatile. So I don't really think Caleb's used to it. And For Catherine, him leaving and him not wanting to have any fighting drama sort of stuff for she's experiencing like it's sort of abandoning her and that he's emotionally unavailable. Um, And I'm experiencing it like he's just not at that level of complexity, which is allowed 
you know, not everyone is that difficult, if you will, unhealthy, toxic, whatever you want to call it. Um, so he says to her, they sit down to eat and she pours those meatballs. I, was that mashed potatoes? She poured that over. Can you tell I'm hungry? Although the food on Southern Charm always looks so good because, you know, it's that Southern food. It looks, there's butter in it. So I, I swear she poured the meatballs on mashed potatoes. And now I want mashed potatoes. So he says to her, I didn't know what I was getting into three months into it. You spring the kids on me. And I'm like, did you not know who this woman was? It's like he didn't remember when he described her in episode one, he's like, she was a little bad girl. I feel like he only met her like when she was out clubbing with his cousin and his cousin's girlfriend. And he was like, who is this hot chick being all sexy partying? Cause that's a vibe. And then, you know, when you turn that into an everyday daytime relationship, it's like, Oh wait, you have three, you have not three, you have kids and you have an ex like Thomas and you have this custody battle going on. And instead of it being, and he, I don't think he knew how to say, I don't think I'm up for this. And I don't think, yeah, and that's allowed because he's like this whole, everything with Thomas freaks me out. Um, but his solution is, I think we just need to calm down and clear our heads. But Catherine cries and says, it's not working. And then Caleb cries and he grabs his stuff and I mean, it's, it's sad, but it also, I'm like, I have no, this relationship has zero chemistry. It reminds me of a relationship I was in, um, that was like, I had no business being with this guy. He was like, cool. He had swag. Um, but he was like, he, (laughs) he would use really like current hip hop lingo. I don't know what else to call it. He would say things like no cap. And I would have to Google what it is. Cause I am not cool. I don't know things like that. So he'd write no cap and I have to look up like, Oh, okay. So no lies. Right. I still am not quite sure if I got it right. So it just, we had no business being together. And then he would get mad at weird things that I didn't quite understand. And then when I would say things that I would need, he'd be like, huh? So it just, they seem like an odd pairing because she is asking for like, he's like, you want me to do what with the kids and the custody and the how he's like, I don't know how to be there for someone who has all this going on. And that's allowed. But I think he doesn't want to lose her because, he, you know, they've got a maybe, you know, pheromones, chemistry. Once you develop that, it's hard to just like walk away from it. But I will not forgive her for this really overdramatic final shot where she's leaning I never in my life have I leaned up against a wall and looked up like I've never been like. (sighs) I've never done that. I'm going to try it later just to see if it feels okay. I just feel like it's it's just silly because then part of me is like, wait, hold on. Is this is this just for the show? Are you doing all of this just for the TV show? I I, because I don't believe they're that good at actors because. He cried. She cried. But that last shot was real stage. She blew out the candles. 
and then leaned up against the wall. At least that was the order in which they presented it. Okay. Next week, uh, there's a Taylor Shep conversation that's pretty brutal. They've already released the preview of it. Um, I'll post it sometime between now and the episode airing, or you can just watch it. I'm kind of sick of them showing so many previews. But uh, we get the girl, the joint birthday party of Vanita and Madison. And Patricia is going to say something like, I say clean slate from now on. And Leva is showing to be very potstery again. She's like, well, some of us may have issues still. I don't know if that's just editing or if she but I'm watching you, Leva. I don't like when when people aren't slick about stirring the pot. I like it when they're a little bit more. I like when they stir the pot, but I like it to be a little more subtle. You know. All right. Well, that wraps us up for Southern Charm. It wasn't my favorite episode. It was a little bit boring, but still good. So please like this video, leave a little comment, subscribe to the channel. If you are new here, if you're already subscribed, thank you so much. And for my podcast listeners, please rate, review, subscribe, and follow me on Instagram at She Speaks Bravo. Follow me on TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. And, you know, have a great day or night, whatever time you're listening to this. Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. And if you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to the pod. Thank you guys. I'll see you on Instagram or TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.